At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line. Time as we say hi, welcome you in. It is uh, a time for I can't go for that. No, can't do the John Oates plays. We like to do this on Fridays. So before we, yeah. we should probably explain Michael Lombardi the concept or the genesis of the John Oates plays. You want to go ahead and let people know how you handle these plays. Well, I, I think there's always games on the board, and if there's not, you're making a mistake. There's always games on the board that you say I, I just can't play that game. You know, and and and. They're just because you don't the, you don't like the other team, or it just doesn't make logical sense. But part of making decisions is not really about anything other than elimination. It's like finding a great. Everybody says, "How did you find that great player?" The reason we found great players, we eliminated a bunch of guys. We had to eliminate to find. And when you can eliminate games off your board. I think you'll have a better chance of success. And there's certain games that you just say, I can't go for that. And that's a John Oates, John Oates line. I can't go for that. And that's how it all became. And I think it's really critical. You know, like, I think, it, you know, Amal talks about this in Survivor. Amal says, don't take road teams in Survivor. Last night, a lot of people took Baltimore. That was a road team. I know a friend who's in a contest. He says, I'll never play Thursday. I'll never play Sunday night. And I'll never play Monday. Okay. He's eliminated games. He can't go for that. Smart, smart. And I think us as betters and recommending bets to people have to be able to share with us the plays we won't make. It's a little bit like if I said to a scout, tell me about your three best scouting, three best guys you've ever were right on scouting. They right off the top of their head. But you really learn about somebody when they tell you what your three biggest mistakes were. Tell me what your three biggest mistakes were. And I, I mean, I, I know them all. You know, and you do it. And so the only way you learn from your mistakes is through eliminate. You eliminate those mistakes again. That's how we came up with the John Oates plays. Losing locker room is where the story is. Losing bets is where the story is. And with these, discernment. The the board can be overwhelming. If you start going into capping every single game, you're going to completely flood yourself. So there's some that you're just going to toss immediately because you don't want to go into capping those games. It would be anti-productive, counterproductive. You ever see, do you ever see the movie A Beautiful Mind? You know when he goes in there and he looks at all those codes and his mind, Russell Crowe's mind's racing as John Nash, you know? And all of a sudden his focus comes in on a certain section of the codes. That's what you're doing with this board. You're, you're doing it with this board. You're trying to – that's why I have great respect for Matty Humans because this guy, he's picking five every week in the guide in basketball. He's picking five in football, picking five in college. I mean – like, yo, I'm, I'm barely doing good in pro, and he's going college and college, uh, college pro and sp- different sports. It's hard. But I think you got to be a little bit like John Nash. you got to look at the board and eliminate and focus on just the games that you want to play. And oftentimes, oftentimes, I would strongly recommend don't take the, ro- don't take the games that most of the people are going to play. The last two weeks I have made mistakes for taking those dumb line movements 
towards a team that had the backup quarterback. Well, and Minnesota, Cooper Rush. Yes. You know, uh, uh, I got to get Minnesota. I'm, I'm get, uh, this line. I hate this line. I'm getting a better number. Well, if if you don't win the game, that the number's never better. Well, you said you're. St- I mean, you did go three and zero in the NFL last week. Let's be fair. Yeah, but that that's because I was two and one on Russo again. I'm sure today when I do his show at five o'clock, he's going to remind me that I was a miserable two and one, even though he's setting the record for being one and two over nine weeks. You know, but I'm sure he'll dig into me on that one. <laughs> but I'll be ready. Not that you're bitter. <laughs> no. I love how he attacks me with it. It's like, well, you know, Lombardi's having a bad week. He's one and two, but he still has the tee box. Well, wait a minute. If I'm having a bad week, what kind of week are you having? You're you know, I love it. It's that's so right. good. All right. Yeah. So, and that's uh, with Christopher Mad Dog Russo later today. Michael Lombardi, he's all over the place. Now, Philly, Denver, that's your first John Oates play. Can't go for this one. Philly is in Denver, and Denver's laying two and a half, Michael. You know, I don't know what to make of this game because I don't know what Denver team, and I don't think you do as betters know what Denver team's going to show up. Anybody who says they know these two teams and haven't figured out, you're lying. You're completely lying to me. You have no idea who these two teams are. You don't know which one's going to show up. And and if you just want to go by numbers, as Vinny always talks about, the numbers, we pros bet numbers, not teams. Great. I think that's one of the great sayings of all time. I agree with it. My number in this game was two four three, right? So two four three. Exactly. Denver and and Philly, and Philly, you know, and and Denver was just a, a slight favorite in the game at home field. I can't go for this game. That's it's a, a John Oates play because to me, it's just too close, and I have no idea what team I'm going to get out of Denver, what offense I'm going to get out of Denver. Teddy's not an underdog. I can't play that. Right, Philly, they're running a college offense. You know, in the, in five games against marquee quarterbacks, whether it's Brady, Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, I mean, all the good quarterbacks that they played this year, they've only allowed 28 incompletions. 28 incompletions in 140 attempts. The Eagle defense. Now, I don't think Teddy's in the class of those five quarterbacks that they've played, but he's pretty good. And he can throw completions against cover six and cover three. And to wrap this up, the Eagles at the Broncos are two and a half. Michael's number is essentially two and a half. There's no wiggle there. That means that's a John Oates play. Can't go for that. No can do. Next up, Falcons at the Cowboys. You can't. This is one you're going to lay off as well. The Cowboys are laying right now. Let me give you the number just to make sure. Nine. Yep. My number was nine right on the button. My number's nine right on the button. And no wiggle. I, I saw no wiggle whatsoever. Now, this Cordell Patterson, they better sign him to a contract because this guy is the Jim Thorpe of the National Football League right now. He's doing everything, catching nine routes, running the ball, returning kicks. I mean, everything, everything, all the Kyle Pitts conversation, great. Kyle Pitts had a huge drop on the first play of the game last week. But all that, all those conversations are wonderful. But everything, everything what they're doing with their offense is with Cordell Patterson. He's making it all go. And can he do that against Dallas, who doesn't have Randy Gregory, who's missing some key defensive players? I don't know. And can Dallas get it back? I don't know. I don't like Dallas to cover. My number says it's going to be perfectly aligned. So that means to me, why not just take a good pass on the game? I don't think there's anything wrong with retreat. That's a John Oates play. Can't go for it. 
Lay, lay, lay off the. I can listen to it all day. Oh, I could. Well, I will as soon as I get in the whip and I leave here. I'm putting John Oates on a little Philly, Philly soul on a Friday. Why not, Michael? Philly soul, you can't beat it. Okay. Abandoned luncheonette, you can't beat it. Now, no doubt. Now the next one we talked about this one a little bit with West, but it's a game ultimately you're going to lay off, and that is Detroit in Pittsburgh. Yeah. The number oh, nine and a half down to eight. You know, this, this is no can do. Well, a, 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 I don't trust. I, I, I've heard – how many times have I heard Detroit's going to be bouncing back? How many times have I heard that? How many times have I heard – and, I, and the, the numbers I quoted on the road where they've been beating 20 – there's always an excuse why they didn't cover. No, they had the ball six times in the red zone. I don't want to be on the side of a game where i got to make an excuse when I know there's already going to be excuses made. I don't really care what they've done on the bye week. I really don't because they haven't done anything to impress me over the first eight weeks. Like, they didn't take smart pills over the bye week, right? So, like, and I've seen teams come off a bye that look a lot less effective because they've lost their pad level and they lost their intensity. My number for this game, Patrick, was 8-4-3. And I think Mike Tomlin is in a really good position because his team won. They didn't play well. He can drill down on them. But for me, it just makes no sense. I don't trust Detroit. I don't. I don't trust Big Ben either because all he wants to do is check the ball down. You know, anybody who tells me Ben could play another year, I mean, this is painful to watch this year, let alone play another year. Like, I don't know how he can think he's going to play another year. It makes no sense to me. Like, they need – Pittsburgh's screaming they need a quarterback. And I think he's done a remarkable job, and he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. But he's not leading them to victory. You know, a slant here, a curl there. You know, there's throws that he still makes. Granted, he still competes. But to me, this is a complete – when I looked at the board, I said on Monday morning when I looked at the board, I said everybody's going to be on Detroit. And they got a thousand reasons why. Everybody has them. But I can't go for that. Lions, Steelers, John Oates play. No can do. And you notice the the, the three games that Michael's laying off – most importantly, his power ratings and the number, there was no wiggle. So immediately you just throw those games away. Why would you start trying to force a round peg into a square hole and trying to pick a side when your number adds up to the market's number? Right. Like, for example, I really think, I really think New England's going to play well this week. You know, my number's 1-5 in the game. I think New England's laying two now. But, I mean, like, if I, if I were forced to make a play in that game, I would, you know, Sunday probably afternoon, depending on where the health is on everybody, it's only Friday now, I would go with, I would go with New England. But to me, so sometimes when the numbers are close, if I have a really strong feel for a game, like I have a really strong feel for New Orleans, Tennessee. I really like New Orleans. And people say, why would you like New Orleans? Kamara might not play. I like New Orleans because, to me, New Orleans can block them. And I think there's that emotional letdown after the second game after you lost your hero, after you lost your best player. You can rally the forces for one game. Can you do it for two? And then when you watch the tape, they didn't do anything on offense, Tennessee. It was the, it was the Rams who did everything for them. Yeah. Will Sean Payton's team do that? I don't think so. By the way, in case this yes. needed to be cleared up, so Rule says it's not, quote, not very likely Cam's going to play on Sunday, but he will make the trip with the team to Arizona. 
So again, I, I'm just looking. I know you retweeted. Yes, I love the picture of Tepper and Cam. It's well, the best. <laughs> that's the best. That's one of the best pictures. Did I've you ever... lay out your clothes today before you came to work today? That's all <laughs> I, I want to know, I, Patrick. It's it's gone from weird to such. I have so much respect for what he puts together that I think everybody's the combinations, come the colors. He's got an eye. You he, know, when we interviewed Stevie Van Zant the other day, I said, "Man, you got great ears." Cam's got great eyes. He textures and colors. He's got it down pat. Yeah, he, he, he sees it all. You can check out that interview with Stevie Van Zandt on the GM Shuffle. We continue here at Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right. Have you got the college basketball guide? If you haven't, well, you're missing out because college basketball season has started. You get season-long odds, trends, power ratings, analysis for every team. It's the VSEN College Basketball Betting Guide. Includes our team of experts, Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, as Michael mentioned, Tim Murray. And they all provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and get your copy for $9.99. VEASAN.com slash, it's $9.99, seriously. To get, in a year that is more confusing in college hoops than ever with all the transfers, $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And something they wanted me to mention, Steve, Stephen Bond, who produces the Lombardi line on the weekend, he posted a poll at VEASAN Live that we're going to have the information tomorrow here on the Lombardi line and the results. Which team in the top four would you bet on right now to win a national championship? I'll ask Michael in a just tertiary way, and we'll talk about it more extensively tomorrow. So here are your options, Michael, of course. Georgia, minus 110, the favorite. Alabama's 3.5 to 1, the second betting favorite. Ohio State to win the national championship is 4 to 1, your third betting favorite. And then Oregon is 25 to 1. Is there any value of those four? I, I might jump on Ohio State. I, I'm not sold on Alabama. I'm really not. Me neither. I, I think there's a gap between Alabama and the next team. I think Alabama's closer to Ohio State than they are closer to Georgia. If I felt like JT Daniels was the solution at Georgia and it wasn't Stetson Bennett, then I would probably be even deeper on to Georgia. I think Alabama's defense has some concerns to me. It really does. And, you know, I thought that, that LSU did a nice job defensively against them. A nice job defensively against them. And look, they're a 28-point dog in that game at LSU. 28 and a half. You know, and, and, you know, our man Carl Johnson, he, you know, he took it all the money on Alabama. That's why he was part. That's why we haven't heard from him all week. I don't know if he's back from the party. And I mean, <laughs> they covered. I, I would agree. I thought LSU played well defensively, but even that, even in that, Alabama, to me, their weakness this year or where they've taken a bit of a step back is defensively. Uh, and Georgia, obviously, just on another level. So uh, I would agree with you. I think a four to one of those four, and you can find it again at Beeson Live, Ohio State, because kind of quiet. Oh, by the way, Cincinnati, some style points potentially tonight, right? Because they're in action with your boy Ritter and the crew. They're sitting five right now on the outside looking in of the college football playoff. They're in South Florida tonight. Yeah. And what, and that's a 23 and a half. 23 and a half. You got it. You know, look, look, you know, look, I I think this, I I think the committee is praying, praying that SMU can upset them or East Carolina. They they just want to eliminate Cincinnati. Cincinnati's if they lose one game, that's like six losses to somebody else. Right. If they lose one game, it's like six loss. Oh, they're out of it, completely out of it. 
You know, we'll throw them a bone. We'll put them in a New Year's Day game, but that's it. You know, and then we'll let them get beat up by a good team so we can say, see, I told you so. A hundred percent. So we'll have more tomorrow. Of course, we're here every Saturday and Sunday, not just college football, not just the NFL, every Saturday and Sunday on the Lombardi line here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. So I, I wanted to ask you, this is kind of random, but let's go back to Carolina quickly. So if Cam travels yeah. with the team, you're going to have P.J. Walker. Uh, you also have Barkley, who's active. And then it looks like Darnold's headed to the IR. Man, I'm going to ask you right. a question about him. And I'm sure, you know, this is not information from your son, Matt. This is just from everybody that's ever met Sam Darnold. Everybody loves Sam Darnold. He's a hard worker. Yep. He's everything you want as far as a personality. It's just not working. He's a turnover machine. Now, what's weird is Kirk Cousins had the turnover gene for a long time in his career, and he kind of righted that ship. Uh, but Barkley right now in a bad way. What happens with this kid moving forward? Because he's so young. Yeah, I mean, I think he needs to – I think what happens is I think he, when he starts to get hit too much, and it happened with him at the Jets, it didn't happen at the beginning of the year. He was able to stay, keep his uniform clean. But once those hits, he becomes like the groggy boxer that keeps his eyes down and, and starts to make mistakes. And under pressure, Sam has not performed well. He does things that you can't do with the ball, whether it's throw the ball on a screen in the middle of the field and give him a quick touchdown or – Oh, you know, two times he's out of the pocket last week. He throws interceptions to J.C. Jackson, one for a pick sick. I mean, I think holding a clipboard for a year might do Sam Darnold some good. It might mm. do him some good. Get his body fresh, clear it up. You know, I've seen it happen to Kurt Warner, a Hall of Famer. You know, when he went to the Giants, he wasn't the same guy. When he went to Arizona, you know, and he, after he held the clipboard for a year, he kind of came back a little bit. Now, now, obviously, Darnold's not had the success that, that certainly that – that that uh, uh, Kurt Warner's had, but to me, I think he's got to get out of the line of fire. I, I think Cam should be on the sidelines on Sunday. I think they need some juice. I think I think he would give them some some motivational juice on the field as the third quarterback. You know, put him in. You know, hell, you can put him in on a short yardage play and get a first down. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you put him in there? Put him in there. Let him sneak it. You know, put him in there with the put him in there, and you know we're gonna run we're gonna run naked fifty four, whatever the play call. Give him five plays, let him go out there. He'll lift the team up. Trust me, he'll uh, he'll have the team behind him. He just has that magnetic ability to get people to follow him, and and that's what Carolina needs more than ever. I think if the one concern I would have about about Darnold is his lack of true leadership of being demanding you know when you listen to the the patriot players talk about mac jones about how demanding is you know and about how he's constantly not satisfied and he's working i don't you know donald might work hard but you don't hear that same rhetoric you don't hear that same i think that's the missing ingredient i really do hey speaking of it's the difference between good and great it's that difference between good and great you know, is this good enough? Yeah, okay. No, it's not. We got to get great. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing. Speaking, you know, of, the other thing too. Yeah. When I when I when I was when I was at Arizona this summer, uh, and we were watching tape of high school guys. I went. I I mentioned this before on the program. I went back. I watched Darnold's high school tape. He had too many incompletions in high school. You know, he had too many incompletions in high school. Like. It, like we were, we were just talking about the Raiders, the uh, not the Raiders. We were talking about the Eagles' defense and how you know they faced Carr, Brady, Mahomes, Herbert, 
Uh, you know, and who else is the other great quarterback they face so far this year? Uh, oh, Prescott. So they've five really good quarterbacks. In those five games, 140 passes were thrown combined by everybody. There was 140 completions, right? There were 28 incompletions in the game. In those five games, there are only 28 incompletions. My point to the story as it relates to Donald is simply this. When you're a great quarterback like those five guys are and you're accurate like those five gentlemen are, you don't throw the ball. The, the ball doesn't hit the ground very much. I mean, I've been at 49er practices when I was a young scout. You know, with Joe Montana, the ball never hit the ground. It never hit the ground. There was no incompletions. I mean, last week against the Chargers, the Eagles' defense didn't get their hand on one football. So my point is, Darnold, this has been going on in Darnold's career. Incompletions have been part of it. Now, does that mean he can't play? No. That means he's got to overcome it in some other ways, make better decisions, you know, those kind of things. I mean, Lamar's never going to be a 80% passer, but he overcomes it with some of the things he does. There does seem to be, talking about Mac, there does seem to be like this innate, and I say this with uh, – reverence psychopathic behavior in him like this psychopathic drive in mac and you've talked about it with practices but also what happened with burns in carolina where he was tackling he was ripping out like they're even on the field people are getting pissed off at mac as a rookie yeah no i mean look the kid the kid he don't see himself as a rookie he sees himself as a competitor he gonna do what he thinks is the best of her look i think he was holding on to his leg because i thought he thought he was going to get the football he says he thought he had the ball. I think he was holding on to keep him from getting the ball. Right. That's, that's right. That's what I saw. <laughs> He's just, I think Mac's going to be a stud. And look, D Darnold, I loved watching him play at USC. Maybe there is a little bit to that laid back. I don't know. The turnovers are the issue and the incompletions, like you said. They, they've been the issues. That, they were the issues of school. They haven't changed. They haven't changed. No. They haven't changed. I mean, I can remember having this conversation with Matty Humans. Matty Humans was not a, a Darnold fan coming out. He didn't like him at SC, you know, and, and a lot of people, I was down on him coming out of SC and kind of warmed up to him, you know, probably wrongly. But I think the, the, it, where he is in his career, he needs a break right now. This is the best thing. Get himself healthy. Get his eye level up. Coach of the year right now is in Tennessee. They're seven and two. They're seven and two ATS. They're on a five-game win streak right now. They're in the driver's seat in the AFC. What they've done, and remember, they uh, they take on the Saints this weekend. But I just for a second, a minute on Tennessee and what Vrabel's done is incredible. Incredible. I mean, look, the last three weeks they forced eight turnovers with their defense. Defense is hot right now, and they've still turned it. Then they still turn it over. Their offense has turned it over four times, but they're plus four in the turnover takeaway. They've played really good. The last time anybody's run the football effectively on them was when Jacksonville had 198 yards. There's been no other game other than the opening game of the season when the Arizona Cardinals ran for a buck 36 against them. Has a team run for 100 yards? Hard to run on them. When you make a team one-dimensional, you're a better defense. That Simmons is a stud. Great player. Great player. And with yep. that one player like that with that starting to really peak can change a whole vibe of a defense, and you've seen Especially it. Especially when they put them on the worst lineman. When they put them on the <laughs> worst lineman. they match them up correctly. Hey, let's put a pin in yeah. this and come back to it. Saints, Titans, two and a half. We'll get Josh in, and then we'll come back, circle back on that game. I want to get Michael's take as we continue along here on the Lombardi Lines. Friday, it's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's the Prop Tracker. It's now available at VSIN.com. Keep up on the key NFL props. Head to VSIN.com, get the current odds, as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value so you can track MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much, much more. Check out the Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchups data. Now at vcin.com slash NFL. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We head out to New England and say hi to our buddy Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod, vcin.com slash podcast. Betting across America with Pritch. And Josh, you know, last night, cash is under the 47. While we've seen now I think it's 12 and 12 in primetime totals. However, seven of the last eight Thursday night football games have cashed to the under. As we say hi, something to pay attention to. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. Happy Friday. And Patrick, you're totally right. Remember, we were talking about this line. It did open around 47 and a half, got down to uh, 46 and a half there last night. You ended up seeing a really big surprise there, obviously, with these primetime dogs continuing to roll 20 and 8 against the spread now, 71% overall. The big surprise there, guys, was Baltimore really generating nothing offensively. So that was, I think, the reason why you cash that under. If you get what you normally get from Baltimore, that thing probably flies over in that one. But uh, notable guys, uh, that huge move to Baltimore, they open like six and a half, they get steamed all all the way to minus eight and a half. And really at that point, it was a, a teaser spot. I know the books are probably really happy. TG's probably happy today, guys, because that was such a lopsided play to Baltimore with Miami winning and covering. It killed all the teasers, all the money line parlays. Uh, and I think you had almost 80% of bets on Baltimore there. So these primetime dogs, guys, moving forward, your two uh, your two hits here uh, coming up would be Vegas at home against Kansas City on Sunday night. Remember, divisional matchup. Vegas has played the Chiefs hard uh, last couple of years uh, specifically. And you look at Kansas City, only 9-16, and 16, ATS uh, since they won the Super Bowl. That opened KC minus three, very popular play, and yet it's down to two and a half. And the other one, guys, is the Rams and the 49ers on Monday night. This one's intriguing because a super lopsided play toward uh, the Rams here, just getting OBJ and thinking they're going to bounce back after that Titans loss. But they open around minus four and a half at San Francisco. That line, guys, today, it just fell to three and a half at some shops. It's between four and three and a half. So movement toward San Francisco. That'll be another primetime dog. And Shanahan, guys, big discrepancy between a dog and a favorite. When Shanahan is a dog, uh, he does pretty well. 23 and 17 ATS, 58%. When he's favored, he's terrible. 9 and 22 ATS, only 29%. So your next two matches, uh, we almost got to play these primetime dogs out of principles, out of principle, guys. Vegas and San Francisco coming up. Yeah. There you know, is. I, I felt like, I, you know, in my rating system, I, have, I, I think Vegas should have been the favorite. I don't know why. You know, when you look at the numbers, Vegas's numbers across the board are universally better than Kansas City. Now, you know, you got to – Kansas City's playing a lot of these big games. You're coming off a game where Carr played very poorly, throwing the two interceptions against the Giants, the Giants being able to run the ball for 139 yards. So there's some factors going into this. And I'm sure this game would have opened up with a pick em. The line it would have moved towards Kansas City because no matter what Kansas City does, me included, I'm guilty as this. People still betting them. I'm recommending them, and people are betting them no matter what they do. So to me, that's the one. San Francisco is the interesting because I agree. Shanahan has a dog, and I do think this defensive front, which did not play last week very well against the Arizona Cardinals, they have to be up and ready to play against Matthew Stafford. That's going to be the challenge. Their defense. To me, San Francisco's defense was the most disappointing thing of that Arizona game. They were terrible, and they've got to have to rise to the challenge against the Rams. Absolutely. Josh, let's set up the two college football games, Friday night lights tonight. Of course, Cincinnati 9-0. 
They came in this week at number five in the college football playoff rankings, uh, number two in the AP poll. But they needed what? They needed a goal line stand against Tulsa last week. And here comes South Florida, who are just two and seven. I think they picked up, they beat up on Temple, which was their first win against an FBS school in two years. So a mismatch here, but Josh, but what's the number? Yeah, huge mismatch, uh, you know, Patrick, and it looks like it's an obvious play to lay it with Cincinnati, but I'd be, I'd take a second here to really think about this one because it's really a public play, uh, obviously, toward uh, the Bearcats, you know, ranked fifth in the country. All, all the public needs to know is Bearcats are fifth, and as you mentioned, Patrick, uh, USF is is two and seven, unranked, lost two straight, although they did keep it close to, with Houston uh, last week. You know, you lose 54-42, uh, but you cover the 13 and a half there, and you mentioned, Patrick, since he's undefeated, ranked fifth, uh, and these are the teams the public loves to bet on. They're not afraid by laying this big number. Uh, but they beat Tulsa 28-20, did not even come close to covering the 22-and-a-half there. So they've been in these games recently where they're big 20-plus point favorites, and they haven't come through covering the number. And kind of the same thing tonight, guys. Public is all over Cincinnati. They'll just roll and win by 30 against USF. But what, what the market is telling you is pretty much a line freeze. It opened around minus 23-and-a-half Cincinnati on the road. It hasn't moved at all off that 23-and-a-half. In fact, the see some books were inching down to 23. So this line has dipped a little bit toward USF. So if you want to back USF, they're contrarian in a heavily backed game. Uh, they're a home dog unranked versus a ranked opponent. Those teams this year are 32 and 24 against the spread, 57%. You also get these home conference dogs where the line either stays the same or moves in their favor. Those teams are 37 and 29, ATS 56%. So I'm going to monitor this thing. Do we get any you know, late further movement if you're going to back uh, South Florida? I think you're you're getting ready to pounce on the 23 and a half, but does it get to 24? Does it tip back down a little bit? But I'd be looking at the points with USF and also maybe a little bit of a higher scoring game, guys. We've seen a lot of movement to the over here last 24 hours and really this morning. Total open 57 and a half. It's up to 58 and a half. I see some books going to 59. It's going to be a hot night, almost 80 degrees, which we're not used to here. And guys, it's raining and it's cold in Boston. It's gross, uh, but it's nice there in Florida. So good weather, hot weather. And Cincinnati's averaging 39 a game. USF has given up 35, but scoring 25 on their own. So some over money there and kind of a line freeze in favor of South Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting if South Florida can play good enough defense, though, Josh. I mean, they're 125th in the country overall in defense. They give up 34.5 points a game. You know, almost they give up over seven yards per play. I know they're playing home, and maybe the rain will slow it down and, and they can get control of the game and cover this line. To me, uh, you know, one thing about Luke Fickle's team is they will play – I mean, what they did last week on the goal line after they turned the ball over, Ryder had the horrible turnover, keeping the game away. The, the, the way they play with their poise and their ability to, to handle that at the end of the game was really impressive to me. I know it wasn't a great opponent, but to me, in that situation, you could see a lot of kids kind of collapse. They didn't. Yeah, no, you're you're very much on point. Though three kind of lackluster performances by the Bearcats in a row. By the way, South Florida. So Jeff Scott's there, Michael. You know his dad, Brad Scott. When I went down to South Carolina, yep. he was the coach at South Carolina. So Jeff Scott, yep. that's his first year with the South Florida program. Uh, but you know the old ball, old ball coach, Brad Scott, his dad, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It was an old line coach, I believe, in that's his right. day at that's one right. time. Yep. You know, and so, you know, Jeff, I mean, look, I think South Florida should be a really good program. I mean, it's the Central Florida, South Florida, when, you, when you're in Tampa, in that area where you don't have to leave the state to recruit one player, not one player. You should be really good. They should be a really good program, and maybe Jeff Scott through his Clemson ties will get it going there. Next one up, Josh, Wyoming, Boise. By the way, just as an aside, do either of you watch Yellowstone? Yo, absolutely. I've been recommended that, Patrick. I haven't started, though. Okay. I just full it's disclosure. Incredible. I started two days ago. 
I'm halfway through season two. I'm a freaking degenerate. And I bring it up yeah. because, I mean, it is just no, your – Beth should be a coach. It, it's, Beth should be a coach. Yes, she should be running some programs. She, she scares Beth me. Beth should be running some programs. Oh, she, she does. That's why she should be running some programs. I mean, we should, we should, you know, she could, she should be running the whole operation. You don't want to mess with Beth. Here's the Rip. question. You don't want to mess with Rip either. I Between know. Beth no, and Rip. What are those Rip. kids going to be like? Hey, but Michael, what, here's what do you the think question. Beth and Rip, if they had children, what I do you think that's going to be like? I don't want to trifle with either. Here's the question for you. I know you love Ocean City. Why aren't we packing up right now? We can do it. We can do the show through Zoom. You're doing it right now. And moving to God's country, which is Wyoming. I mean, it's gorgeous there. <laughs> well, that they filmed some of that in Salt Lake, and they filmed quite a bit of it in, in Brent's country up in Montana. And you can actually rent. I, I think it's sold out for most of the year. You could rent uh, uh, Rip's cabin there that he, that he lives in that's on the property of the Yellowstone. That actually is a working ranch really? that they film it at. Yeah, I've checked into it. It's absolutely gorgeous up there. I'm waiting for Berman to buy his lake house. Yes. And once he does that, then I'm thinking about moving, you know, taking like the back of his lake house and, you know, building a little property and, you know, just hanging out there. That makes sense. (laughs) Josh, I need you to start watching and and text me what you think. Anyway, Wyoming's at Boise State. I have not watched this year, though, Patrick. Well, no spoilers. on it because... Yeah, I've no, I don't, I've known nothing about it so far because I've been waiting to, uh, you know, wait. I want to kind of watch three or four of them get I them going you. in a row. I know, I hear you, I feel you. Boise mm-hmm. State's open fourteen, down to thirteen and a half. Some some books mostly still at fourteen actually here, Josh. You're exactly right, Patrick. Yeah, a little bit of movement here toward Wyoming. Not crazy, but a tiny bit. A lot of these books open Boise State laying 14. Remember, Boise is coming off a huge win over Fresno State, who was then ranked 23rd. They roll against Fresno 40 to 14. You cover the four and a half there as a dog. Uh, Wyoming started 4 0. They're looking good. Then they lost four straight. Then they come back with a win last week against Colorado State 31 to 17 and covers a three point dog. But guys, this is kind of a split ticket count. Public doesn't really know what to do. They want to back Boise off after that big win. But they're also thinking, you know, Wyoming's getting a, a bunch of points here, which might be worthwhile. But if you look closer to the movement in the juice, guys, it's all been trending toward Wyoming. Any of these 14s are, are, are a little juiced up toward Wyoming, or 14s have gone to 13 and a half. It's never gone up. So I'll be looking at the points here with Wyoming and, and keep it within two touchdowns. It should be ugly, although Wyoming's playing better. They can run the football. Josh, sorry, buddy. I sucked your time with Yellowstone. It was too good. Now I need you to start watching, okay? We'll see you this weekend. It's all good. Patrick, I got Kirby Enthusiasm Succession. We'll put Yellowstone number three now. <laughs> okay, start, <laughs> put it out on Twitter to follow along. When we come back, we'll, we'll circle back Carolina and the Saints with Michael next here at Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's the king of the weekend over at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. So this is a cool one. So you can win up to $50,000. It's free to play the challenge. All you do is log into your BetMGM account and then you find the king of the weekend contest in the promo sections up in the upper hand, right-hand side, I believe it is. Then you pick six teams you think are going to score the most points from the selected games and the $1,000 goes to the top. And then fifty thousand dollars if you get them all right, and then there's a bunch of prizes for everybody else as well. Go to go to your account and try the King of Weekend free to play game now at BetMGM. It's only BetMGM, the King of Sportsbooks. One eight hundred Gambler. If you have a betting issue. 
Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line on a Friday. It's going to be a, it's busy, man. You got college hoops, you got pro college football, you've got World Cup qualifying with the soccer, you've got Berman doing his thing. You got a lot going on over there in Ocean City. You know, it's it's a busy time of the year. Could it be better than this? You got the holidays coming up, Thanksgiving, you know. It, it, it is really – you got Ocean City High School, Patrick. You're not going to be able to go tonight. Ocean City, one of the few schools – I think it's only three high schools in the entire United States. I'll tweet out a picture tonight that sits directly on the Atlantic Ocean. Beautiful scenery wow. for a high school game. Play They play Long Branch up by Bruce Springsteen in, in, a, in, a, in a group three uh, – it's a semifinal game, so big game. Who big went there? Game Who tonight. went there that we would know? Long Branch, I don't know. I I think the Jeff Jeff the Jeff coat Jeff Jeff coat went to Long Branch, but I'm not sure. Don't hold it to me. Uh, but this is the whole kind of the league that the, the picket would would have played in. Gotcha. from Pitt last night. And you know, so yeah. You know, he, he, by the way, he's a stud. He, he's gonna. I think he's gonna end up being the first player. overall. He's a little bit older. He's twenty three. He's played there for a bunch of years. He got in that Whipple offense. He had a pick last night, but I, he's just more athletic than you think he is. Big arm. He's gonna go. He's gonna go high in this draft. Yeah, he is. And I, and I was, you know, I, I mean, Mac. I, I feel bad for Mac. Mac doesn't look good. Did Mac Brown look good to you no, on the sidelines? No, I mean, he did not. It just doesn't look aside. good. You know. All kidding aside, I mean, I know he's an older, and I think it's great, and you have to keep working and, and staying young and, and, and really follow MacArthur's creed of youth. But he did not look good on that sideline. He looks like, you know, it wants to, he should go get a good physical when this season's over with. Yeah, no, I would agree. He's given the – to be fair to him, disappointing he's – Disappointing Very disappointing. He gave the program a shot in the arm that it needed. He does – Mac has that personality. You know the way he recruited at Texas. He can recruit his butt off. Uh, but he did look uh, a little forlorn on the sideline yesterday, I would yeah, agree. no doubt. Um, okay, so let's now circle back. To which to what we were discussing, New Orleans and Tennessee. I said t- Tennessee seven to two. They're seven to two ATS. They've won Great. five straight. It's incredible. And here comes New Orleans without their starting quarterback. Obviously, I got a number two and a half. Some books have it Tennessee lane three. Let's get into this one. Well, I mean, we got to know what Kamara's injury situation is, right? He only touched the ball 17 times against the Falcons. Concerning, you know, because he needs to touch it more than that. Maybe not as many rushing attempts, but he needs to touch it more. I think the thing in this game is the offensive line of the Saints is fairly good, and they can protect. I expect to see more Taysom Hill in this game than we saw in the last game. Uh, you can throw the ball on the Tennessee Titans secondary. I think you have to. They've proven to be pretty stout in, in playing run defense. The concern that I have, why I lean towards New Orleans in this game, is is Tennessee is not going to run the ball against New Orleans. I mean, God bless the Falcons and Arthur Smith last week. 25 carries for 35 yards. You call <laughs> 25 runs and only get 35 yards. You're diligent. You're, you're trying to prove a point. You're stubborn in a good way. And so, you know, I, don't think, I think Tennessee is going to be one-dimensional in this game. And can Tannehill throw the ball? Now, Tennessee has – has made me eat my words quite a bit because every time I suspect they're going to fall down, they bounce right back up. But I do like New Orleans and the points here. My line was three and a half. You know, it's it, it, it's it, and it's moving. New Orleans is really good. Their numbers are really good. Their numbers are outstanding. And, you know, they're going to need to be healthy to play this game. And I just don't know how well the the the, the Titans offense will perform without Henry in the week two. 
and the Saints, they get it done on the road. The Saints are 9-2 and two outright their last 11 road games with seven covers during that streak. So, listen, the, co- the dude can coach. This is a team you just constantly yeah, he, have to be prepared for. If you're going to bet against Rabel, go with a good coach. You know, go with somebody that he's not going to be able to outcoach right away. And I, and I think that's what led me down this road is I do think because Jim Schwartz is influencing the defense, and I'm not taking nothing away from their defensive coordinator, the young kid, but Schwartz is there to help, and you could see his help. You can really see it on the tape. I know I can. And so his ability to help that defense, and offensively, you know, there's this offensive line, which I do not think is very good, and I think we saw it last week against the Rams. It wasn't very good. You know, Tannehill got rid of the ball quickly, made quick throws. You know, they broke a couple tackles. They've got good skill players on the outside. But this Saints defense is going to wear and tear you down. I I think it's a tough matchup for Tennessee this week. Arthur Smith, I I love how you said that because I was looking through the numbers. I'm like, wait, he ran it what? Is this Barry Sanders in 1991? He ran the ball like 25, 26 times, but they couldn't get anything going, which means he's stubborn. (laughs) I'm guessing stubborn in a good way for you. It was it, what he was saying to you by what he was doing was he's saying to you was, I can't let this game become a 50 pass game. Mm. I, I, I can't. I won't let it become a 50 pass game because if I do, my quarterback will get killed. And so uh, Matty Ryan threw the ball 30 times, which is perfect. You know, he had 25 rushes for 34 yards. Horrible. The long gain of the day in the running, the long gain of the day was five yards. But he was able to limit the amount of throws he had. He didn't want it to be a 50-pass game. That's where the Saints got into a problem. They got behind in the game, so now Trevor Simeon's throwing it 41 times. You don't want Trevor Simeon throwing it 41 times. Nothing good's going to happen when that occurs. So I think it's just, it's really, to me, Arthur Smith's maturity and his understanding of how to manage a game is what's symbolic of those 25 slash for 34. By the way, the market has said, uh, we're going to go ahead and toss Dallas's performance last week against the Denver Broncos because Atlanta's at Dallas. It's nine. It hasn't budged off nine. It's one ten up and down, so it's not moving. This is uh, this is heavily fa- heavy yeah. favoritism. And I think what you see, and why I think it's a John Oates play for me, is there's you know the the ticket count is pretty well split fifty one for Dallas, forty nine for Atlanta. The money count fifty seven forty three. There's really nowhere to go on this in terms of – I think people are playing both sides. I don't think there's a strong conviction in either part. Whereas in the Saints-Tennessee game, the ticket counts are – you know, the Saints have what I love the most, which is they have a very low tick. They have a 40% – of the tickets are on the Saints, 60% on the Titans, but they carry 78% of the money. 78% of the money, that's strong. You know, for forty percent of the tickets, that's that's kind of the paradigm that I like the most: low ticket, high money. I think you may have pointed this out, but as an aside, Arthur Smith, Atlanta Falcons head coach, are those mutton chops? Because those look like intense. I, mu- I think they, I, I think there's something going they on. Look like he. Yeah, it looked like he could run for president in the 18th century. Well, you know, a Gilded Age. So the irony here is his name's Arthur. Chester Arthur was the inventor of mutton chops. Look him up, kids. Google (laughs) Chester Arthur, our president. Uh, Where where else can you get this knowledge? This is incredible. He he was the inventor of mutton chops. Now, Arthur Smith, a young man, is sporting mutton chops as the Atlanta Falcons head coach. We're coming together here from the 1860s all the way Uh, to 2021. It's impressive. It's pretty impressive what you're able to bring to the table. (laughs) I can tell you that right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
So quickly, you saw what happened with Simmons the last two minutes here, Ben Simmons. Rich Paul now says the 76ers are worsening his mental health. What the hell is happening right now with this situation, Michael? You know, I did WIP this morning, Angelo and, the, and Rhea, and then the other, all the guys, uh, uh, you know, Al Morganti and everyone there. And, and he asked me that question, and I said, look, for some reason, I think Rich Paul must live on it. I mean, maybe it's the Adele in his head. I don't know. But <laughs> does he actually think people are going to give up assets to trade for this guy? Do they really think they are? And I don't think the Sixers are handling it very well because the, the same question to be asked of the 76ers, do they think somebody's going to give up huge assets for this guy? You know, like they're both wrong. And, and really where I said this today on the air, and I, the commissioner's job of sports is to police the league, is to keep the brand, the league, from looking bad. That's their number one job. Number two is to make all the owners and players rich. Okay, that's the number two part of the job. But you want to protect the brand at all costs. That's what great commissioners do. And where's silver on this? Where is silver? Like, have a meeting. You're the you're you're the guy who can bring people together. Do that. I mean, Wilson, I'll send Stevie Van Zandt in there. He's brought more people together than anybody. Trust me, <laughs> I interviewed him the other day. Stevie Van Zandt is the great. He brought the Rascals back together. You know, I mean, so you got to be able to find a way to mediate this thing or else it's going to look bad. I heard you, Matt Santos. I was finishing. Don't worry. Well, here's the deal. You don't have to worry about the association tonight because your heat have an off night. So enjoy your day. Maybe start Good. you and Millie start Thank up you, uh, season four Yellowstone. I'll be here looking forward to tomorrow. Patrick. Oh, yeah. Can't you're going to be. Are you going to be in your office tomorrow? Right here, yeah. We're still technical difficulties. We'll figure it out. No, eventually. We're technically My man's Ken's sound. driving back. All right. There he is. Michael Lombardi. We'll see you tomorrow here early on the Lombardi line. Odds on with Mike and Amal next.